Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Hope. Do you have hope in the dark? I pray that you do. We're going to talk today about knowing the God of the promises. Why? Because 2 Peter 1.4, it's been our verse the last two weeks, and we're going to use it again today. Let's read it together, can we? God made great and marvelous promises so that his nature would become part of us. Then we could escape our evil desires and the corrupt influences of this world. We're going to talk today about the God that made these promises. The first week we we said that because of the promises made by God, we can have hope in the dark. Last week we talked about David, remember, from Psalm 18 and how David in his distress called on God, and the scripture actually says this, God has delivered me because he's delighted in me. He delights in me. And we looked around the room and said, hey, God delights in you. Remember that? God delights in you. I hope you still remember that. He delights in you no matter what. If you have your little note card, you could write this down. Through the promises of God, we see the heart of God. And as we see his heart, his nature becomes our nature. And then by seeing the heart of God, we have, come on, come on, we have hope. We have hope. So think about this. Who is God to you? It might seem like an odd question, but yet it could be asked. uh, Jesus asked it of Peter, didn't he? Who do you say that I am? Not, Not what's popular opinion, not what the religious order says. I. Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, Jesus you are the Son of God. You are Christ. And Jesus looks back at Peter and says, that's so great, Peter. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed that to you, but my Father in heaven, the Holy Spirit actually revealed to Peter who Jesus was. So if we're going to say that God's promises give us hope in the dark, who is this God to you? And how would you answer that question? Who is he? Who is he? Now, if you could ask God for anything, what would you ask him for? Just think about it for a second. Now, your answer is probably going to be very spiritual or religious because you're in church or you're watching service online. But what would you ask God for? More power? More prestige? More prominence? More prosperity? Let's see if I can find another P. Uh, You know? How would you ask God for peace? Oh, I just want world peace. Wouldn't that be great? Sure. Would you ask God for that? Well, in Exodus 33, 17, God's already had a discourse with Moses. Moses, who is the prince that's turned shepherd, is now becoming a liberator of the people of Israel. God has called him. And the first thing uh, Moses said to God was, "Hey, hey, who am I? And then God answers by saying, it doesn't matter who you are, it's who I am. I am. I will be with you. And then pretty soon, uh, Moses says, well, God, then who are are you? Who are you? Well, at one point, the Lord uh, gives Moses this actual question. He says, and the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, but I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. I will do the very thing that you have asked me. What is that? Well, we see in the next verse, Exodus 33, 18, and Moses said, now show me your glory. glory. 
Of all the things that Moses could have asked God for, he says, I want to see your glory. I want to know your beauty. I want to know your brilliance. I want to actually be able to see you. Now, Moses already had a relationship with God, but he wasn't satisfied. And I'm praying in 2020 that we won't be satisfied with our relationship from 2019. Why? Because that's in the past. Sharing with some people recently about benchmarks in their life, things that God had done, high watermarks, as it were, spiritual things. And we were talking, and, and because we're older, I didn't say old, older, we were all talking about things that happened in like the dark ages, like the 80s. One guy said, yeah, back in 91, you know, and his son happened to be there and said, wow, dad, long time ago. Long time ago, right? And we were all reminiscing about things that God had done. And that's good to rehearse the things that God had done. Remember last week, David did that. He started by saying, I praise you, God. And he starts worshiping the Lord for things that had happened in the past. And that's good. I'm not taking that away from anyone. But then I spoke up and said, well, that's great that that all happened. But what about now? Are we as hungry for God today as we were back then? Or how about this one? Are we more hungry today than back then? We need a fresh touch from God. We need a longing in our soul. Lord, show me your glory. I want to see your power. I want to see your presence. I want to see your... One of the Hebrew writers writes this way, I want to see the essence of your heart, God. I want you to move in such a way that I will know it is you. Back in uh, Hebrews chapter 8, we find out about the heart of God. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after a time, declares the Lord. I'll put my laws in their minds. I'll write them on their hearts. I will be there. Come on. They're God and they will be. See, this has been God's heart from the beginning. He doesn't just want us to have a religion or some spirituality. He wants us deeply to have a relationship with him. I want to be your God, and I want you to be my people, and I want you to know even when darkness comes, even when the storms come, even when the worst things come, you can hide in me, and you can have your hope in me because of who I am. See, the heart of our God is I will be their God, and they will be my people. I will be their God, and they will be my people, Exodus 34, 14, he is a God who's passionate about his relationship with you. You like that word passionate? I do. I love the word passion. Yeah. By the way, we want passionate mechanics to work on our cars. You do. You got this noise that no one can find, and it never seems to appear except when you drive it. You want the mechanic to be passionate. You want passionate cooks to cook your food. Especially if you're not, no offense to fast food, but if you're going to a restaurant, you're going to pay those prices, come on. You want somebody passionate in the kitchen who's sauteing and flipping and putting love into food. You know what I mean? Yeah, let me get that microwave going. No, no, you don't want that. You want somebody passionate. And by the way, if you're in a relationship with somebody, come on. You've lost that loving feeling. You know, somebody passionate about who you are where they love you, where they serve you, where they care about you, where they're deeply concerned about your future and about your life. Think about this. God is passionate 
about his relationship with you. He's in red-hot pursuit of you. So who is God to you? Well, let's answer it. And by the way, it's a very simple message today. Okay? How many of you are on a three-day weekend? You got to, see, look, good. I got to go easy on you. Okay. You're gearing up for tomorrow. By the way, tomorrow, MLK Day, right? You know why you have your three days? It's MLK Day, right? Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, by the way, there's a, big, there's a big ceremony happening at the, uh, I call it still El Camino School. You know, the, right over here, adult ed uh, from 11 to 2.30. And uh, I'm one of the guest speakers tomorrow. So if you're not doing anything, uh, I can't believe they're having me back. I spoke last year and they invited me back. It was a rough crowd. That's all I got to say. Because they looked at my face. They go, what, what's, what can he say about MLK Day? Huh? Well, you know. <laughs> What civil rights did, did Bernie have to worry? And, and I, opened, I opened my, uh, my talk, uh, and I said uh, that Martin Luther King had said that hatred is too big a burden to bear. And I, here's what I said. You ready for this? Okay. I said, uh, I, I don't face what many of you face, but I am one generation away from the Holocaust. And the room went silent. And I said, hatred doesn't know color. Hatred doesn't know rate. Hatred just knows hatred. And, uh, you know, the, the, you think of the Jewish people that were, uh, you know, executed because of what? They were Jews. So I said hatred. So I, I had, but, but now pray for me because I can't use that same material this year. <laughs> I'm coming back. You know, and when Pastor Wiley, my good friend, called me and said, I want you to come back. I said, really, sir? Or, you know, and uh, then he said, yeah, we can't find anybody else. He said, do you believe in free speech? I said, yes. He said, good. That's, you're giving a free speech. So anyway, anyway, no, no, no. He was so nice. He said, we want you back. So let me just tell you, uh, now back to the message. The proceeding was a paid political announcement. Number one, would you write this down? I don't want to insult you, but God, God is real. He doesn't cease to exist when you're having a bad day. Or when you get divorce papers, or when you get job termination, or, you know, she said she'd stay with you forever, and you saw her driving down 8th Street with another man. Just happened, by the way, this week. Somebody I know, they don't go to our church. Oh, I love, I love her. I put a ring on her finger. She, we're in love. And he, he saw her in a pickup truck this close to another man. Woo! It really got, he called me up. That was, that, that was hurtful. And my response, are you ready for my counsel? Hey, God is still with you. Because see, what happens when stuff hits the fan, we, we want to somehow believe that God has pulled away from us. He's no longer able to be found. I love what Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that what? He exists, Lord. I'm going to pursue you because I know you're passionate about me and you couldn't be passionate about me if you don't exist. God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Uh, no doubt you've heard preachers preach. I've preached about this. The glory of God is seen everywhere. Have you ever just gone out and looked in the, the sky? We got some pictures of stars and God of wonders beyond our majesty. Uh, remember that, that song, Beyond Our Galaxy? You're holy, you're holy. I love what the, uh, the scriptures declare. Psalm 
19, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. You almost have to be oblivious and comatose to look up in the sky and see all those stars and not ask the question, how did they get there? When you look at a painting, it implies an artist. When you look at a at a, at a rocket that, 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 that takes off at Vandenberg and shakes the ground, it, it implies an engineer. It implies a machinist. They don't just go like this, snap, snap, rocket appears. When you start your car and all the systems work together, it implies design. When you look at yourself and your own fingerprints, it implies design. Suppose you were to to, to drive to the sun. Let, let's say we could do that. We, we could drive up to the sun. You get a brand new car. It's a solar-powered car. It's got oxygen and heat shields and all that stuff. I, I know we have so many engineers around. I have to add all this stuff, right? right? And this car is able to go 150 miles an hour. And suppose you drive 24 hours a day, 365. You can't stop for a big gulp. and You can't stop it in and out. Sorry. Sorry, how long does it take to reach the sun? 150, shh, 365, it'll only take you 70 years, only 70. And, and let's suppose you, you stop while you're there to get a tan, take in some rays, right? And you want to fly off to the nearest star, Alpha Centauri, which is a great name for an Italian restaurant, and you clear your calendar, it will only take you at that rate of speed 15 million years to get there. Huh. NASA, I just read this week, is looking at sending a probe to Alpha Centauri in 2069. It will take the probe at speeds that they can travel, and I don't know how fast that is because it didn't say, it'll only take the probe 44 years to get there. Most of us won't care. <laughs> and with high-powered antennas and a trajectory of signal through all the satellites in the universe at 2069 plus 44 years, it will take 4.4 years for the data to get to Earth from Alpha Centauri. That's a slow download speed right there. <laughs> and if you could fly a jet at 600 plus miles per hour, it would take you 16.5 days to reach our little moon that's out there. And in 17 years, you'll pass the sun. And in 690 years... At 600 miles per hour nonstop, 690 years, you will reach Pluto at the edge of our solar system. And we haven't even gone out of our solar county yet. Just think about that. And people step back and look at that and say, there is no God. Really? Really? The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. 
If you look at the stars, it suggests a star maker. Now, I want to show you something that is very special to me. Uh, we're going to roll a little video here, and you're going to see something else. It's coming. Yes, it is. I do not know how far along this little child is. But I do know with 4D imagery, some of you ladies are going, man, I never had an ultrasound like that. We had a black and white little stripe, and they said, look, there's your daughter. I said, how do you know? Well, we're not really sure, but back in those days. And some of you are old enough to remember you didn't even have an ultrasound. When you think about sanctity of human life, there is no way that you could look at this child and say that's not a human being. Because at some point, the child's going to yawn. After all, this child's listening to a sermon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And at one point in the video, you probably saw the child starts itching its nose. and huh. You know, somebody asked me a couple of weeks ago, they were new to our church, and they said, are, are you pro-life or pro-choice? I said, uh, I'm pro-life, and let me explain to you what I mean. I'm pro-life in every area of life. I'm pro-life to the unborn, and I'm pro-life to the elderly and feeble. And I'm pro-life in how we treat people that are pro-choice. What do I mean by that? We treat them with love. Even though they may disagree with us and say, I have a, a woman's right to my body and, and all that, well, I just want to ask this question. That, that, that child is there because the power of the seed in the man and the power of the seed in the woman, it's God's design. But I have a right to choose. Okay. You, you currently have that right in our country, and I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just going to tell you that all life that... And get ready, get ready for scientist Fetterman coming on here. The minute that those two seeds collide, life begins. Well, what about the trimester? I, listen, you debate all you want. All I know is I'm not God. But I know if God allows for life to happen, that that life needs to be honored and cherished. And I understand, well, what about, the, I've had every question thrown at me. All I know is I want to be pro-life. That's my stance. That's the stance of my denomination that I'm part of, Foursquare. That's our belief. That's our hope. But again, we have to be pro-life in how we treat people, every area of life. We should all be about life. We should be life-giving people. We sing songs like, God, lead me in your love to those around me. Well, then, man, that love better flow. And I've had people look at me and say, you're wrong. You're wrong. I go, that, that, you, you, have, you have your right to disagree. I choose to love you. Like Martin Luther King said, hatred is too big a burden to carry. I'm just going to love you no matter what. But here's what I know. The heavens declare the glory of God and baby bumps declare the glory of God. Inside that baby bump right there. And inside those children, I hear them talking over here. They're trying to tell me, yeah, that's right, pastor. I hear them. I hear those amens over there. I just went by the nursery earlier. I just came from Kids United a minute ago, and I saw those kids learning together on the floor, and they all looked up, hey, pastor, me. I mean, that's life. 
and we cherish life. Now, let me talk to you about uh, an argument that you might want to use sometime with somebody who says there is no God. I have a friend in our city. If I told you their name, you would know them. They do not believe God exists. They are an atheist. They have faith in the fact that there is no God. Okay. Uh, So recently we had a little discussion and I said, oh, do you like to cook? By the way, how many of you are good cooks? Okay. By the way, if you use a microwave, put your hand down. How many are great cooks? You're great cooks. How many here you're seated near a great cook? Come on. Boy, boy, every, every husband with a wife next to that's you, honey. He's talking about you. You're a great cook. All right? Okay? So suppose uh, you invite me over for a meal, okay? And I come to your house, and I sit down at your counter because I want to watch you do the chef thing, or I sit at your dining room table, and all of a sudden, magically, the refrigerator opens up. And all of these ingredients start coming out. They're flying, right? And these knives are in the middle of the the, the air in the kitchen, right? And all of a sudden, boop, the oven door opens up and this baking tray shows up and all these ingredients come there. A little bit of sauce comes around, a little salt and pepper, you know, a little EVOO, it's all right there. A little garlic, it presses itself, it oozes out. It's all right there. And now all of a sudden the pans start doing this saute and all this is happening and a bowl it pops in and all of this spring mix comes in arugula comes in you know baby greens woo they all come down little balsamic over here little bit of no ranch dressing sorry little balsamic over here right and this 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 bread just appears and all of a sudden boop all these ingredients start going in a mixing bowl because this is the dessert it magically turns on all by itself we sit down and have this marvelous meal And when I'm done, I say, that was an Epicurean coincidence. Oh, I left out the biggest point. The big bang, boom, when the oven exploded and all the ingredients came flying out. Now you might go, what a crazy story is that? No, it's accurate. People believe that somehow, magically, all by itself, the stars appear. A hundred thousand million of them. The sun just happened to be there. The earth just happened to be on its right axis all by itself. That the upper area of the earth, separated from the lower, that the gravity pull is just right. And that, by the way, your heart's beating right now because somebody did that to it. Think about it. And that you're breathing because of God. Just just think about all of life. And here's the worst word you could ever use with somebody. Psalm 14.1, Psalm 53.1, the fool says in his heart, there's no God. By the way, you know Jesus said the worst F word in the world is that? Fool. He said, be careful when you call someone a racha, a fool. It's, it's, it's worse than imbecile. It's worse than, 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 than the inability to think. You have no brain between your ears, literally, when you call somebody a fool. And the psalmist writes, the fool says, there is no God. I'm here to tell you today, you must believe that God is, that he is real. The second thing I want you to see is that God is great. 
I told this to be easy. I'm going easy on you. But do you believe that he's great when things aren't going well, when you're discouraged, depressed, or defeated? John 5, 26 says, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. God doesn't need your help to exist. He has life where? In himself. And Psalm 90, verse 2 says, Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Before there were witnesses to the magnificent genius creator named God, he was creating God is qualified, I just want you to hear this today, to support me in my troubles. He's qualified. If he can put all the stars in the sky, if he can take the power of a seed of a man and a woman and create beings like us, isn't he qualified to take care of our problems? Isn't he qualified to provide for us miraculously? Isaiah 43, 2 and 3, when you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, when you go through rivers of difficulty, when you go through rivers of, come on, of difficulty, you wouldn't understand, right? You will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. For I am the Lord, what? You're, you're God. And what kind of God is he? He's a great God. Philippians 4.13, I love the Amplified. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength inside of me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Strength comes from his power and from his greatness. The third thing is God is holy. He is holy. Isaiah 6 reminds us that uh, he had this beautiful vision of the, the, the throne of God, he says, above the Lord were seraphim, each with six wings. We know this so well. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling these volleys back and forth. Holy! And the other side of angels, holy, 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 holy is the Lord. What else can you say? We're in the holiness of God, the presence of God. And all we can say is that he's holy. Psalm 18, verse 30, God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. God is not evil. Did you know God doesn't age? That's right. The train's coming. <laughs> it's still coming. God doesn't age. He doesn't sin. He has no needs. He has no issues. By the way, we're aging while we're sitting here. God doesn't age. Isaiah 46, 9. I am God and there is... I am God and there is none like me. Take that verse home with you, please. So when something hits the fan or you feel there's a, a, a place of, of darkness or difficulty, you can stop and say, wait a minute, I have a promise from God. There is no God like my God. Now, he's powerful, he's great, he's holy, he's real, he's perfect. You got it? That's God. But let me give you the next one. He's love. The God who created all of this is the same God that wants to hold your heart. He's the same God that wants to be there for you when you feel like no one else is. 1 John 4, 8, whoever does not love does not know God because God is, God is love. I never get tired of this verse. I hope you don't either. John three sixteen, for God, so let's read it. For God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that anyone who believes in him shall, 
shall not perish but have eternal life. This is our God. People matter to God. We've been saying that for years around here. All people matter. Well, what lives matter? All lives matter. From inception to last breath. All lives matter. All lives matter. See, God loves me so much that he sent Jesus on a mission of love with a message of love. His amazing love is there for you on your good days, on your bad days, on your most brilliant days, and on your most foolish days. God is with us. God is always with us. So here's my question as we get ready to end this morning is, who's God to you? I think it would be good to define that. To spend some time maybe today or tomorrow or the days to come say, God, who are you to me? To me. How do I see you, Lord? How do, how do I, God, look up in the stars and forget to praise you for your beautiful artistry? Every once in a while, um, take a ride down to Surf Beach and just sit there. Smell the salt air. It's pretty good. Watch the train come in and out sometime. We heard the train a minute ago, and we watch it come in and out. Yeah. And I just sit there and go, Lord, you are amazing. And every once in a while, I look down, because there are ground squirrels everywhere down there. See, I can get so involved in the horizon, right? Oh, there's a boat way out there. Look at that. That's amazing, Lord. Look at that. And that boat is on a big old ocean, bigger than itself. And, and God, look at, oh, but look at that ground squirrel. He came out there. And look at that blue jay. And look at that. Man, it's, God's creation is everywhere. Do you see it? No, no, I just do my thing, you know. I talked to a guy who commutes a lot. He says, you know, I've been commuting so many years, I didn't even know on my way to work that there's a big body of water out there. I don't even see it anymore. Yes, I get that. Where do we need to open our eyes to see the glory of the Lord? Where do we need to open our eyes to define who God is when life gets crazy and things go dark or you feel stuck? Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches, but let the one who boasts boast about this. Are you ready? That they have the what? Understanding to know me. That I am the Lord who exercises kindness and justice and righteousness on the earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. Hey, let our boast be in this. We know the Lord. Somebody asks you, who are you? Son of God. Daughter of God. I know the Lord. There's my boast. There's my boast. Well, I live in California. That's not my boast. I live in the USA. I love America. That's not my boast. I'm a pastor of the greatest church on the planet. That's not my boast. I've got a wonderful wife. That's not my boast. I got the greatest kids on the planet and the most wonderful grandkids in the world. I have them. But that's not my boast. Listen, listen, I know God. When I woke up this morning, I talked to him, and he whispered back to my soul. When I've had a dark season, I've called upon him, 
And even though I didn't feel him right away, I knew he was there because he promised he'd never leave me. That's my God. I boast in that today. I pray that you'll do that too. Who is God to you? Let's stand together and I want us to read our declaration we've been reading the last two weeks. You're going to read it with my best 1021 voice, okay? We are building our lives on the promises of God. Because his word is unbreakable, our hope is unshakable. We do not stand on the problems of life or the pain in life. We stand on the great and precious. We stand on the great and precious promises of God. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.